You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Owen Schroyer has delivered a message. An exclusive recorded phone call with Owen Schroyer was posted today on Twitter at Owen Schroyer 1776. Let's go to it now. Pulling that up momentarily. We'll, we actually also will be getting a call from Owen. Owen will be live on War Room at some point today. We cannot tell you exactly when. Uh, just let me know when you guys have that message ready. All right. Here's uh, Owen Troyer's exclusive message on Twitter. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Owen Troyer here. This is the first time you are hearing from me since my speech incarceration. And... I really don't want to get into what's going on here on the inside. I'm much more concerned about what's going on out there. But I will say, I am finally out of my solitary confinement for a week. And I'm extremely blessed because your prayers have come through. Some friends helped me get through it with some conversations, as well as getting me a digital radio. So I had some reach with the outside world. And I was also able to follow a bit of the news via some talk shows. And we have a TV here that I'm able to tune into on the FM dial as well. And they have newscasts up as well. And, of course, I could sit here and talk about all the Biden crime family corruption that we've seen, the media that is obsessed with war, propaganda, and all the regular stuff. But that's not what I want to bring to this message today. I've just got done reading some of the mail that has been sent to me. And to try to express how important it is or what it means to me would simply be impossible. I do somehow plan to show you how grateful I am for that when I do get out of here. But I've got to say, my shirt has grown. I've had, I have to wear a double XL shirt now because my heart has grown so much from your fan mail. And also, I'm now wearing double XL pants because... Well, I'll just leave that up for your interpretation. But seriously, every single letter that's sent to me, I read every word. Some of them I read twice or three times. I can't tell you how much they mean to me. And I'm going to reshare the information here on this Twitter account so that you can continue to send me the fan mail and uplift me. When I'm tired, I get energy. When I'm hungry, I feel I'm fed. And it's all thanks to your letters. When you write them, you may not think I read them or they mean much to me. But trust me, I read them and they mean more than you could even imagine. Now again, I don't want to get too much into what's going on here, but I have been helped along the way by some friendlies. Today is my first day out. And so now my life on the outside, as it would seem, begins. Of course, that being hyperbolic, since I'm still on the inside. But when you spend seven days in solitary, getting out and into a jail and being able to move feels like the outside. It was bitter cold today. It was sunny. This call is from a federal prison. It was sunny the entire time I was in. And then, of course, as soon as I get out, it becomes rainy and freezing. But let me tell you, the 40 degrees wind and rain couldn't have felt any more refreshing than it did when I stepped out today. Probably just as refreshing 
as the sun would have felt. But we will reshare the information. I hope you keep the mail coming. They had to bring a wheelbarrow in for me just to receive it. I'm being facetious, but that was the joke the guards were making. So my life on the outside of the inside begins today. Once again, I cannot thank you all enough for your letters. I'm not sure everything that's going on out there, but hopefully it's encouraging. Hopefully there's some good news, and maybe I'll be able to get a little more informed now that I'm outside and have a little more access to news, television, and this phone call. And even though my time on the phone will be limited, I will be using it efficiently to try to reach out and send as many messages to you as possible. I do hope to pull the impossible and maybe something that's never been done before, hosting a radio show from a federal prison. He'll be calling in later today. You can see that full video. Just a few seconds left at Owen Schroyer. Go to hell, New World Order. We are running some old friends. Is the ship all right? Seems okay if we can get to it. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Harrison, visit infowars.com forward slash show now. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Owen Schroyer will be calling in from prison at some point today. Of course, this is the problem with having a a host that's behind bars. We can't tell you when that's going to be exactly. He's not exactly master of his own time. So whenever he calls in, we will suspend whatever we're doing and go directly to Owen Schroyer for as long as he's allowed to talk to us. We will be hearing live from Owen Schroyer today on The War Room. So stay tuned for that. We'll also be joined by Matt Baker in the third hour. I do want to open up the lines for calls the second hour. Since if I don't take calls for a day, I feel like I'm I feel like a big chunk of the show is missing, so we're going to make up for that. We're going to try to at least, but we do have a ton of stuff to cover. Obviously, more goings-on in the uh, Israel conflict. Some, some pretty interesting developments in that regard. But I do want to remind you to go to defendowen.com to support Owen Schroyer. You can also send him letters. Uh, I think you can also send books as well. You can find that information on defendowen.com or on Owen's, well, his team's Twitter account, which is at OwenSchroyer1776. So if you have X or Twitter, go to at OwenSchroyer1776. And if we can bring up the graphic, the way you're going to want to address this is Jonathan Owen Schroyer, 05937-107, FCI Oakdale 1, Federal Correctional Institute, P.O. Box 5000, Oakdale, Louisiana, 71463. And you heard from himself uh, just how much it means to him to get all of the letters from uh, his supporters out here. 
And I, I hope he's getting a good taste of just how many people out here are praying for him and supporting him. And it's one of those things that I see his name and I see his cause 15 times a day on Twitter. And obviously he doesn't have Twitter. He can't access Twitter right now. So it's not for his consumption, but it is just keeping Owen in people's memories, reminding everybody what an egregious violation of the First Amendment his persecution has been and continues to be. And again, I'm very excited to talk to him live on air just as soon as he calls in at some point during the show today. Can't tell you exactly when that's going to be, but we will uh, go to it as soon as that happens. Now, there have been some hearings on the Senate floor about a, a number of different topics. One of them was the ongoing conflict in Israel. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken made some pretty, uh, pretty you know, powerful statements about it. So let's um, go to this now. Here's Anthony Blinken on the floor of the U.S. Senate uh, telling us, giving us updates about the conflict in the Middle East. Let's go first to clip number one. Thank you very much, uh, Chair Murray, uh, Vice Chair Collins, uh, distinguished members of the Appropriations Committee. Thank you for this opportunity to testify before you today. So there at the uh, at the very beginning of his um, statement, he he obviously got interrupted. So it's a little little unfortunate. So sorry. Let's reset. Try this again. Uh, Anthony Blinken. Here he is at clip number two, giving us the breakdown of what we need to know about what's uh, happening in the Middle East. Let's let's watch. Not shrinking back. Not in the face of Russia's aggression against Ukraine. Not in the face of an intensifying strategic competition in the Indo-Pacific and around the world. If the witness will suspend, and I ask that everyone again respect this hearing, we will suspend until the room is cleared. It's calling for a ceasefire. Shame on you all. The world is calling for a ceasefire. The American people don't want to support this brutal war. Stop the war. Stop the ceasefire now. Stop funding this brutal massacre that Israel is doing on the people of Gaza. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Cease fire now. Thank you, Senator Blinken. All right, all right. So second protester standing up and interrupting the great Anthony Blinken. Very unfortunate. Of course, she's been hauled away if, uh, for our radio listeners. She's holding a sign saying, uh, you know, no more money for, for Israel. Uh, so, okay, all right, now that that's been taken care of, let's get uh, back to the hearing. Here is, uh, again, Anthony Blinken just trying to get through this opening statement. If uh, See if he can do it here. Uh, clip number three, please. Okay. The will suspend, and I again ask that those in the audience respect the people in the room and allow us to continue the hearing. The hearing will suspend until the uh, disruption is removed. All right, so that, that was another protest. Okay, so three times in the, in the first few minutes. That's fine. That's all right. This is the uh, American Senate here. We can get things back in order. So huh, 
now that all the uh, disruptors have been removed from the Senate chamber, now I think it's time to uh, let Anthony Blinken have his say and, and tell us uh, why we all need to go to war for a genocidal um, apartheid state. Uh, clip number four, please. Anthony Blinken. The president and I have both stressed the need for Israel to operate by the rule. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, it's happening again. Oh, darn it. Secretary Blinken, you may continue. Thank, Thank you. you, Chair. <sighs> <sighs> so I was Finally. Saying, okay. All right. So four times, four times Anthony Blinken was interrupted uh, just trying to make his opening statement. I mean, it's just uh, free speech. Gosh, uh, so annoying, I guess. Uh, but okay, that's all right. Four times is, is a lot, uh, more than I've ever seen before in my life. I mean, one time is a complete rarity. Uh, two times is totally unprecedented. Three times, that's shocking, uh, completely incredible. Four times, I mean, that's unheard of. There's no way it's going to happen five times, right? I mean, right? Let's go to clip number five. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. There's a whole bunch of them now. Oh, there's a whole group of them this time. Darn it. Oh, darn. Okay, holding signs that say no war, no walls. Okay, there, there is a difference between walls that keep people out and keep people in. But let's not quibble. Let's not quibble. These people are very passionate. Here they are being, uh, being hauled out. Now, of course, none of these people are going to be sent to prison for two months, obviously. Right? They're allowed to do this because it's considered left wing. But obviously I'm being uh, completely sarcastic and ironic and facetious because good on these people. There is an ongoing ethnic cleansing campaign that's being funded and protected entirely by American military might. And it is the duty of every freedom, peace-loving American citizen to be exerting their First Amendment in opposition to our lapdog-like adherence to the despicable behavior of some far-off little country called Israel. So I'm not sure if Anthony Blinken ever made it through his statement, but that's okay. We've got plenty of other lies to listen to today, so let's not worry about it. Story at Infowars.com, left-wing activist disrupts Secretary uh, Blinken's congressional hearing. Wasn't the only example of this type of activism. We'll show you that on the other side. Yeah, we need more of this, folks. We need a lot more of it. There's a genocide going on, and we're helping. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. 
because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? We have three original, one-of-a-kind toothpaste designed by my father, a dentist, at InfoWarsStore.com that don't have fillers, that are filled with high-quality essential oils and more. We have the turmeric toothpaste, we have the ultimate tooth whitening with coral calcium toothpaste, and we have the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste, again, with a whole bunch of key essential oils that are so good, not just for your teeth and your gums, but your whole mouth, your throat, and more. These are really game-changing toothpaste. They're very, very strong. Most over-the-counter toothpaste have fluoride. Ours don't. And it doesn't have fillers in it. It is just chock full of incredible things that God gave us through Mother Nature. So, it's now back in stock. It became a bestseller. The turmeric toothpaste is available again at InfoWarsStore.com. We're selling out of the tooth whitening toothpaste. We've got some of that left. And we also have some of the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste in stock, but it's running out as well. So all three toothpaste in stock for a limited time, InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is quite an uprising against the ruling regime by its own supporters. The left wing is furious that the American government is actually supporting Israel's ethnic cleansing program from Reuters. No ceasefire in Gaza, no votes, Muslim Americans tell Biden. Some Muslim and Arab American groups are threatening to withhold donations and votes towards President Joe Biden's 2024 re-election unless he takes immediate steps to secure a Gaza ceasefire. The National Muslim Democratic Council, which includes Democratic Party leaders from hotly contested states that can decide elections such as Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, urged Biden to use his influence with Israel to broker a ceasefire by 5 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. And so we'll, we'll revisit this in just a second in light of one of the stories that I've talked about ever since this conflict began, and that was the interview Axios did with Donald Trump all the way back in December of 2021, where he described how Benjamin Netanyahu did not want peace. In fact, it was the Palestinians who were willing to work with the American government and the Israeli government to try to find some sort of peaceful resolution to the decades-long conflict that they're embroiled in, and it was Bibi Netanyahu who basically strung them along. Here's a different way of putting it, but we'll show you some clips there to just once again highlight the utter ineptitude of the left to figure out and vote for people that are actually good for the things they want. (laughs) It's really annoying. Um, But before we do that, just while we're still on the topic of American heroes using their First Amendment to disrupt the plan of warmongering elites. We have another fantastic video. This time, Adam Kissinger getting the talking to. Clip number eight. Here is Adam Kissinger uh, being confronted on his support for Israel and the Ukraine wars. Let's watch. Congressman... I think the only thing we need to discuss here today is a need for a ceasefire in Gaza. November marks the killing of Yitzhak Rabin, who sought peace between Israel and Palestine. He said that if you wish for peace, it has to be through economic progress. He said that you don't get security with a tank. 
or a helicopter or with weapons. You get it with hope. You get it with education. You get it with access to health care. That that's what he promised the Palestinians. Because why is it that one million young people in Palestine are going to die because the United States can't implement what was agreed to between Rabin and Arafat? And there he is being tackled by security and dragged away. He's grabbing him by the throat. He's grabbing him by the throat. Whoa. You're a warmonger. You're dangerous. The fact of the matter is that economic cooperation is the only solution to the conflict. There can be no final solution to the Palestinian question. We cannot have a final solution to the Palestinian question. And of course, the cameraman is himself another protester who himself is then bodily dragged out of the hall where uh, Adam Kinzinger, noted warmonger, was attempting to give a speech to his uh, dead-eyed, silent constituents. Big shout-out to, uh, well, on Twitter, their names are at Nogatone, N-O-G-G-A-T-O-N-E, and Robert L. Castle. Those were the two activists that you just saw. Kynan or Kinnan is uh, the first ones who was uh, choked out there as they grabbed his throat. So again, we love to see it. I love to see it. It's a beautiful thing. It should be happening every day, everywhere, constantly for the last decade or so. The absolutely insane behavior of this government. Frankly, they just they deserve to be confronted everywhere they go, peacefully and in perfect alignment with the First Amendment. The American people have to oppose this senseless and endless war that has embroiled our country and our politics and the entire world. For my entire life, enough is enough, and these people should not enjoy peace that they deprive to others around the world. That's my position on all that. So well done to those uh, true heroes who are willing to risk prison time or physical abuse in order to advocate for peace against the wishes of the ruling regime who has shown how brutal and vindictive they can be when going after people who are simply expressing their dissent to the ruling program. So let me give you some updates as to where the conflict is now. An Israeli air attack has hit an apartment, uh, hit apartment blocks in a residential area of the densely populated Jabalia refugee camp killing and wounding hundreds. Director of nearby Indonesian hospital says at least 50 people were killed, but there are fears the toll could rise. Israel has confirmed that it carried out the assault, claiming it targeted a Hamas commander. Israel troops are pushing deeper into Gaza, with witnesses reporting heavy clashes after tanks reached a residential area of Gaza City. The U.S. says it's focusing on humanitarian aids while shrugging off calls for a ceasefire. From the U.S. National Security Advisor, we heard that in the last 24 hours, 66 tracks of human aid, humanitarian aid, have crossed into Gaza. This is the largest amount in a single 24-hour period that has yet been achieved. 
However, John Kirby, the spokesman, continues to say this is just a minute amount in terms of what is needed in terms of humanitarian supplies in Gaza. So although you've got this much through, you've got the National Security Spokesman saying much, much more is needed. Which again, we, we love playing this dual role, being so concerned about needing to get humanitarian aid while the humanitarian aid is only necessary because our protection has allowed Israel to continue a unrelenting assault against people in an open-air prison. Again, this is all just from today. 18 members of Al Jazeera staff members' family killed in Jabalia attack. It claimed the lives of 18 members of the family of Al Jazeera's broadcast engineer in Gaza, Muhammad Abu Al-Kumsan. The dead include his father and two sisters. 18 members of your family wiped out in the blink of an eye despite having nothing to do with the attack that this is supposedly predicated on. Now, we'll get to whether the attack on October 7th really had much to do at all with what's happening now or whether that was just the excuse that Israel needed to carry out the long, long planned for invasion and annexation of Gaza. Israeli forces shoot and kill teenager in occupied West Bank. Israeli forces have shot a 16-year-old boy in the town of Beit Umar near Hebron, the health ministry has identified him as Mohammed Hassan Mokbil. According to the U.S. Humanitarian, uh, UN Humanitarian Office, at least 121 Palestinians have been killed in violence in the occupied West Bank since October 7th. And I remind you that the West Bank is not Gaza, is not ruled by Hamas, and is in fact a 15-minute style series of disconnected, totally walled-in and permanently military-occupied towns where, again, dozens of people are dying almost every day for simply existing there. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is the Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. The command center in the battle for clarity and truth. Harrison Smith invites you to the war room. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are eagerly awaiting a phone call from Owen Schroyer from prison. We'll go to that whenever he calls in. It'll be sometime today. We're not exactly sure when. We'll be joined by Matt Baker in the third hour. We'll probably uh, continue to talk about what's going on in Israel and the, the upcoming world war with him. So let's continue to talk about what's going on right now. 
you've got no ceasefire in Gaza uh, yet, and, and that seems to be entirely the per, the design of the American regime. The Wall Street Journal says Israel hits Hamas tunnels as ground offensive intensifies. Northern Gaza turns into a battlefield. Civilians are under growing pressure to flee. Of course, the obvious question then is flee where? They're trapped. Okay. Flee into the desert of Egypt. Well, that was the that is the plan of Israel, as we discussed yesterday with some of the leaked documents that came out laying out that plan. Israeli ground troops backed by tanks and fighter jets are expanding their operations against Hamas in Gaza, carrying out more raids, exchanging fire with militants, and calling in strikes on the group's vast tunnel network as pressure grows on the remaining civilians in the northern part of the enclave to flee the battlefield. The war has entered a new, delicate stage when Israel ground troops heavily uh, and heavily armored vehicles entered the Gaza Strip with the goal of eradicating Hamas from the enclave following the group's assault on Israel on October 7th. Israel has said it would be a very long war that will gradually expand. One of the early war objectives is to target Hamas command structure to weaken the group's ability to resist Israel's advances into Gaza. And it has not been an easy job for them so far. And obviously this begs the question, where is Hezbollah? If they said that crossing, uh, entering into Gaza was a red line, now that that's been crossed, where are they? And we'll answer that question in just a second. But before we do... I want to go to a couple little audio clips. These are from an, a pair of Axios articles, and I, I guess they came out as, as podcasts or some sort of radio, uh, two installations of a radio program. First is called Trump's Big Deal. Well, they're both called Trump's Big Deal, Part 1, May Your House Be Destroyed, and Part 2, Trump's Big Deal, Part 2, from uh, this from secret alliance to Abraham Accords, and it's a uh, series of of interviews with Trump and others about the Abraham Accords, and basically a timeline laying out how those came about and how the goals and and purpose of the talks and the peace talks between Israel and Palestine changed over the course of Trump's presidency. And I like in the beginning of it, you know, it's two guys from from Axios talking the the producer of this segment and whoever the host of the show is. He says, why was he so concerned about Israel-Palestine? Why did he want to make that such a big point in his presidency? And the answer is obvious to anybody. It's because it's to be the greatest deal in history. Because the man known for making deals wanted to close the greatest deal of all time, which would be to bring about peace in this seemingly intractable and continuous conflict. Now, he failed, obviously, as we're seeing now, but not for lack of trying, and not for lack of cooperation from the Palestinians. And this is one of the things that was revealed in this. And we talked about this. I've talked about this since the first show that we hosted following the October 7th attack. I think it was October 9th. Chase Geyser and I hosted the Alex Jones show, and I brought this up. I mentioned this. I I actually printed out this article saying that when it comes to peace between Gaza or peace between Palestine and Israel – Palestine was not the roadblock. They were not the ones who were unwilling to make peace. It was, in fact, Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, there's a lot of things that go into this. Benjamin Netanyahu at the time was running for re-election. As we discussed yesterday, the image of him as the peacekeeper, as the, the warrior king, as the person protecting Israel has sort of been shattered at this point. And people are calling for his resignation. And I I don't think that all of this has to do with one man's 
ambition to rule Israel and win the election there. But I think it does play into a larger context, which is it's always been the plan to eradicate Palestinians from Gaza. They've never wanted peace. It's never been an option that they could come to some sort of agreement and not continue out this uh, ethnic cleansing campaign as laid out in the documents we showed you yesterday. So everything that's happening right now, October 7th, and everything that has come after and before to some degree, I think can be laid squarely at the feet of the likes of Benjamin Netanyahu, who long ago had the chance to spare his people from this war, to bring about peace and end the conflict, and yet he refused and became Trump's enemy because of it. So we'll go to two clips here. The first, Donald Trump is not shy about his disdain for Bibi Netanyahu. They used to be best friends. They used to be great buddies. But now he doesn't talk to him anymore. And at least part of that is because of the Abraham Accord. But let's go to the first clip from the Axios uh, documentary, Trump's Big Deal, Part 1. Let's watch, or listen, rather. The Abraham Accords were the biggest breakthrough in the Middle East peace process in the last 25 years. They totally reconfigured relationships within the region, and a bunch of really unlikely people made them happen. And for all the failures Trump had in international affairs and all the controversial decisions like pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord and the Iran nuclear deal, in this area, many Republicans and Democrats think he actually got it right. And one sign of this is that the Biden administration is currently carrying the Abraham Accords forward and trying to expand on them. And Jonathan, there's another thing. You've probably heard that Donald Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu, or Bibi as he's called, were best buds, that it was a bromance. Well, turns out that's bullshit. By the end of his presidency, Donald Trump couldn't stand Netanyahu. He thought Netanyahu was disloyal and ungrateful for everything he had done for him. By the time I talked to Trump in April 2021, he was over Bibi. I haven't spoken to him since, right? I, I didn't talk. We're going to tell the story in... So there you go. F him, says Trump. Pretty strong words. Uh, you can tell how much he was pissed off. And again, I want to talk about this and, and show these clips in the context of the story here from Reuters saying, no ceasefire in Gaza, no votes, Muslim Americans tell Biden saying, we're not going to vote for you. We're not going to vote for you, Biden, if you allow this to continue. Well, this would have never happened if you'd only voted for Trump. So many people out there, you know, Trump is, a, is he's an Israeli agent. He's, you know, all this sort of crap. No, it's completely untrue. And if you just watched the Middle East over the last six years, you would know where Trump stood and you would know that Trump actually wanted peace. It was actually a very, very good thing for the Palestinians. Instead... You fell for the lies and the mean tweets and the claims that he was a racist, you know, anti-Semitic, whatever. And look what's happened as a consequence. So let's go now to uh, clip 19. Here's the second part of that Axios interview. The person who seemed to care most about the Palestinian side was Trump himself. And what a lot of people don't know 
is that actually in the first year of his presidency, and Trump told me this, his relationship with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas was very, very good. And it was almost like a father. I mean, you know, he was so nice. Couldn't have been nicer. Wait, did, did he say like a father? <laughs> yeah. And even, you know, Trump told me that he was surprised by how positively he felt towards him. Now, the world and, and me, before I met with both of them, uh, I thought it was the exact opposite. I thought the Palestinians were impossible and the, the Israelis would do anything to make peace and a deal. I found that not to be true. And I find it very interesting and actually kind of surprising that like Obama and Bill Clinton, Trump also came to the conclusion that Bibi was not sincere about wanting peace with the Palestinians. I think he just tapped us along. He just tap, tap, tap. I don't think Bibi ever wanted to We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or four thousand bottles of each one of these. Look, we've got four thousand bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about four thousand bottles of 1776 testosterone boost that just came in. And we've got about three thousand bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock and they're incredible and they fund our operation at InfoWarsStore.com. is waking up to the sad and painful fact that we've been under a multinational globalist deep state intelligence agency controlled coup for decades in this country. We didn't have full control 30, 40 years ago, but they're really attempting full control now. And that's where we are. And InfoWars has engaged in the best long-term analysis of the enemy operation and predicted the resistance movement would form against it and the fact that we would have major successes against the enemy, but they would then double, triple, quadruple down. That's where we are now. So it's more important than ever that InfoWars stay on the air. I just want to thank you all for your support and spreading the word. And it's more important than ever that we get funding. We try to make it easier for you to fund us by simply going to InfoWarsStore.com and getting great products that enrich you and your family's lives. I want to just encourage you all to not forget that without you, we won't be here. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com today, and I thank you. Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for this Halloween broadcast of The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Might have a bit of a rant about Halloween in the next hour. Some about some about Halloween brings home all of the failures of America to me. 
I'll, I'll explain why. Don't worry. We'll get to that. But I want to finish up here with our coverage of the Israeli-Gaza conflict. We'll be joined in the third hour by Matt Baker, of course. Uh, the big news from today, Israeli airstrike kills 50 in North Gaza refugee camp, according to Palestinian medics, although I've heard a much higher number. This was a refugee camp in Jabalia. It really just sort of emphasizes the torture that these people are being put through. I mean, just imagine. You have nothing to do with the Hamas attack. You may very well deplore what Hamas did, as you know how Israel is going to react. And yet your home is targeted for destruction. You're able to flee just before the rockets fall. And your home and, in fact, entire neighborhood is demolished. And your former neighbors, their children, are buried under rubble, crying for help but can't be reached. You're dislocated. You move to a refugee camp farther away from the danger zone, only to have your refugee camp bombed. And once again, you are surrounded by death and destruction. To imagine being pursued like that by a first world, ultra advanced, ultra capable, ultra ruthless country while you're just trying to survive the onslaught would make escape seem impossible. And it's worth at that point bringing up this note from Syrian girl. She posted this, and this is from one of the spokesmen of the Al-Qassam Brigades, which is the one of the military arms of Hamas. 85% of Hamas fighters were orphaned by Israel. He says 85% of the people in their fighting brigade had their parents martyred by the occupying state. Today, those children have grown up with their hearts burning with the fire of revenge. This again, according to the spokesman of the Al-Qassam brigades. Again, you know, if you're just a human being, you should be able to sympathize with our fellow human beings whose entire family has been wiped out by Israel, whose parents have been killed by Israel. If you've been left an orphan because of the state of Israel, would you not also want to do something to oppose them, whatever it is? Utterly brutal, and once again highlights the contradictory effect of what Israel's doing. They're only creating more enemies. They're only orphaning more children. They're only killing more children and radicalizing the parents. And they're only allowed to do it because America is allowing it to happen because it turns out they also rule America. And in case you think that this may come to an end somewhat soon, not only is Israel saying that this is going to be a long, drawn-out conflict, but at this moment... For the first time since 1945, more than 50 warships from 11 countries are present in the Mediterranean and Red Seas. 50 warships from 11 countries 
all gathering for the showdown. Which begs the question, why? Why this much force? For Hamas? Like, obviously it's not for Hamas. They, They can't even threaten our ships, really. For Hezbollah, I mean, even... Hezbollah, I mean, they have they have big missiles. They could probably take out a, a ship or two, but I mean, this amount of firepower could level all of Lebanon, right? Is that the purpose of it? To just level all of Le- Is it to target the Russian bases nearby? Is it because they know that they're kicking off a world war and will have to face off against not only the Lebanese militia Hezbollah, but also the Iranian military and the Chinese military and the Russian military, why else would there be 50 warships from 11 countries? Why would they be sending tens of thousands of people to the Middle East if they're not preparing for this to become an all-out world war? Meanwhile, yet another lie has been debunked from Israel. Story came out yesterday. We didn't even cover it because it just as soon as it came out, you know, it's just it's the boy who cried wolf. It's sounded like nonsense. I assumed it was nonsense, and I don't cover nonsense, so I didn't cover it. But I'll cover it now because it has proved to be, yes, complete and total nonsense. The, quote, Hamas baked a Jewish baby alive in an oven story has been debunked. On Twitter, this spread quite a bit, and surely we'll hear about this forever now. I mean, it, it doesn't matter once it gets debunked. Still, Meghan McCain yesterday was tweeting about 40 babies with their heads cut off. Never happened. No proof ever provided. What little proof was provided didn't prove what they claimed and, in fact, was then proven to be AI. So just lie after lie after lie, atrocity propaganda to justify what they know very well themselves is an unjustifiable program of mass extermination. Utterly and completely horrifying. So yes, they say things like, they baked a Jewish baby alive in an oven, they murdered his father, they gang-raped his mother over and over and laughed all along. So, I mean, this is the crazy thing. Every time they they told this story, one of these details was added. First it was they killed a Jewish baby, then it was they baked the Jewish baby in an oven, then it was they baked a Jewish baby in the oven after they murdered his parents, then it was they raped his mother, then it was they gang-raped his mother... Turns out it didn't happen at all. Didn't happen. Hasn't been confirmed. Could not be confirmed. And didn't happen. So again, the context note underneath. After checking with the IDF, this claim has been debunked as fake news by an Israeli journalist. And the story's there at Infowars.com. So atrocity propaganda. But, you know, atrocity propaganda is a weapon of mass destruction in the information war. Because once it gets seeded out there, once it gets implanted in the minds of people who find it useful, then it will be repeated forever. And it doesn't matter how many times you say that hasn't, that didn't happen, that wasn't proven, there's been no proof of that. Uh, They'll call you anti-Semitic for daring to ask questions and continue to spread the lie. This is becoming ridiculous, to be honest with you. Clip number seven, this happened just after the show yesterday. With Israel wearing yellow stars in the UN uh, as if, you know, a a genocide that happened 70 years ago somehow justifies the genocide happening now. Total nonsense, but uh, they can't actually justify what they're doing. 
So I guess invoke the Holocaust in an attempt that you can shame everybody else into shutting up while you carry out a Nazi-style Lebensraum, living room uh, campaign of eradication based on ethnicity. Let's go to clip number seven now. From now on, my team and I will wear yellow stars. the goofiest piece of diplomatic theater I've ever seen. We will wear this star until you condemn the atrocities of Hamas and demand the immediate release of our hostages. That has already happened. So what are you doing? So what are you doing is the question. And once again, I mean, just just to reiterate, uh, when it came to Donald Trump brokering a, a peace accord, Palestine was willing, Israel was not. Bibi Netanyahu promotes himself as the defender of Israel and the the national security guy, but he ignored warnings from intelligence agencies from America, from Egypt, and from his own intelligence groups that this attack was coming, allowed the attack to take place, and withheld sending the military to confront the Hamas infiltrators for seven hours while this went on. Then when the uh, IDF did arrive, it was the IDF that killed a large number of the hostages being held, as said by one of the hostages themselves. Now, the latest from this is that Israel says it will turn its full attention to Hezbollah after Hamas, which is kind of insane. I mean, this is kind of the most insane thing you could say, and I'll explain why on the other side. I mean, it's like they're begging Hamas or they're begging Hezbollah to attack them. I'll show you on the other side. This is all absurd. It's absurdity at the highest level. Last year, we put this book out. The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out, and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of the society we could build together. That's why it's The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. This is next-level information, and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. Navigating the maze of mainstream narratives, Harrison Smith finds the hidden paths in the war room. Second hour of War Room has begun. We're going to finish up here with our Israel coverage and give out the phone number for your calls. We'll take your calls about the second hour. We'll be joined by Matt Baker in the third. And of course, we are waiting on pins and needles for a call from Owen Schroyer. We'll be calling in at some point today. All things go as planned. Whenever that happens, we will immediately go to him because obviously he has a limited time to reach out to the outside world. We're very excited to hear from him. But finishing up with our Israel coverage here, Israel says it will full its uh, turn its full attention to Hezbollah, quote, after Hamas. This is crazy for a number of different reasons. 
first of all, this is the thing that they kept saying about Russia. Every time they were asked to justify our involvement in the war in Ukraine, it was always, well, if they let, if they let him get away with Ukraine, then he'll go to Poland next, right? And Putin's just sitting there like, I'm not even trying to take over all of Ukraine. What are you talking about? It's like, I could have. <laughs> I probably could have, but that's not my goal. My goal is to get the Donbass and the, I mean, it's the, these regions and Arena Court, but what are you talking about? But this is always the fear-mongering like, well, if they get away with it here, then they'll move on to the next. So now Israel is actually announcing, hey, as soon as we're done here, we're going to start taking over Lebanon too. And by the way, we're going to drive all the Palestinians into the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt they want to create a refugee camp there on American taxpayer dollars temporarily until those populations can be incorporated into Western Europe or America. You know, after we fund their displacement, after we are the reason why their homes are stolen and their families killed, and then we'll bring them into America, right? This is the suicidal inclination of uh, the people that rule us. But the other thing is, do they want Hezbollah to attack? I mean, what are they doing? Unless there's some high-level Machiavellian strategy they're they're doing, they're pulling here. You've got Hezbollah not fully involved, not attacking from the north, because then you'd have a two-front war. You'd be surrounded. I mean, it's it, it would be very bad if Hezbollah got involved. They seem like they are going to be involved. So why would you tele, telegraph out? As soon as we're done here, we're going to attack you. You're just asking them to attack, basically. What this statement means is that it would be strategically unwise for Hezbollah to wait any longer. Why would they wait until you're done with Hamas and then let you gather your strength and move to the north? Why wouldn't they just attack you now? So maybe they're trying to lure Hezbollah into attacking. I don't know. Maybe they have some sort of trap laid. They say Israel is assuming a, a defensive posture on the on the Lebanese front in order to avoid overstretching its forces as it focuses on waging the war against Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Uh, says the uh, National Security Advisor. He added that the day after Hamas, uh, Israel would apply the lessons learned against Hezbollah militants in Lebanon. It's just retarded. I mean, that's just the stupidest thing to say. Hezbollah was like, oh, we'll just wait out Hamas. Now they're probably sitting there going, oh, okay. So if we wait out Hamas, then it'll be a lot harder to attack. So let's attack now. Insane. Completely and utterly insane. Hezbollah, for their part, has stayed fairly quiet. We showed a video yesterday that uh, they put out where he's – it's uh, Hassan Nasrallah, leader of Hezbollah, just walking past a uh, sign. This is the video they released yesterday. It's about 10 seconds long, and that's it. That's the video. It's Hassan Nasrallah looking over his shoulder and then pointing to something on a map. My friend and I were trying to figure out what this could possibly mean. And the thing we decided was, that, you know, maybe there's there's one specific thing that Hezbollah is going to target, like a power plant or a military intelligence headquarters very bizarre. So we'll move on now from Israel and we'll give out the phone number, but I do want to give a shout out to old Thomas Massey, who APAC calls out for voting against uh, funding and, and standing with Israel. And he says, APAC always gets mad when I put America first. They're intentionally misrepresenting my intent in the resolution I voted against. God bless Tom Massey, I'll tell you that.
war room with Harrison Smith is where the shields of truth are forged in the fires of inquiry. Second hour has begun on America. Wait, no, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second, I'm not on American Journal. Dang, I started out so strong, too. All right, take two. Second hour has begun here on The War Room, InfoWars.com, Band.Video. Please do share these links. Share this message. And let's, for the love of God, stop the psychopaths that are driving us towards absolute and total ruination. We have a lot of stories to cover here from politics to COVID, of all things, to the war in Ukraine. I want to give out the number for... Ooh, Bolivia severs diplomatic ties with Israel, citing crimes against humanity. That's as good of a reason as any, I think. I just wonder, I wonder if in the future the word Gaza will carry the same weight as Auschwitz or Treblinka. You know, these words that just inspire images of human suffering beyond comprehension. Horrifying, ongoing, and uh, yeah, they'll read about this in history books, folks. Where do you stand? We stand firmly on the right side of history here. But I'm going to give out the phone number for you to call this hour, 1-877-789-2539. 1-877-789-2539 is the number to call in. Call us here on The War Room. And I went through the whole first hour like a fool, without telling you once about the incredible sales we have at InfoWarsStore.com, which is the only place that we get funding, the only way that we stay on the air. It's thanks to you when you go to InfoWarsStore.com. Right now, you're getting 60% off Brain Force Ultra. 60% off Brain Force Ultra. Now, the bottle may seem small. Here's, a, here's the bottle. It may seem small. There's 48 servings in here, 48 doses of Brain Force Ultra in this little bottle. So I, I was doing the math. If we just round it down to 40, you're paying $20 a bottle for this. It's 50 cents a dose, which has the same punch and power as like a large energy drink, just with none of the sugar, none of the added, added preservatives and GMO nonsense, just pure, clean, incredibly powerful mental focus, clarity, and energy for a fraction of the cost of uh, – some of the name brand energy drinks. It's Brain Force Ultra, incredibly powerful. Stock up now or try it for the first time by going to InfoWarsStore.com and getting that 60% off discount on this best-selling product, InfoWarsStore.com. And, of course, keep us on the air, a true 360 win. Now I want to go to some videos here before we go to phone calls. I think the first one we'll start with this is a crazy series of videos, okay? Let's start with clip number 13. This is Anas Sarwar. He is the head of the Scottish Labour Party, or at least a major member in the Scottish La- Labour Party. And yet he seems to despise the people of Scotland. And you can really feel that come out in this speech. Here is a member of the Scottish Labour Party, a politician in Scotland. Let's watch. Every chief executive of every council and every government department, white. Every director of a department in Scotland, white. Every principal of a college or university in Scotland, white. Every head teacher in Scotland, 
white. Every chair of a public sector body in Scotland, white. Every High Court judge in Scotland, white. Every prison governor in Scotland, white. Every editor of a news organisation in Scotland, white. Why? Uh, <clears throat> oh, oh, I have an answer for that. Uh, because it's a white country, you racist. What the hell are you talking about? Scotland, I'll have you know, is 96% white. 96% of Scotland population is white. Why shouldn't 96% of the cabinet be white? Why shouldn't 100% be white? Would you? Can you even imagine going to another country and trying to browbeat them about their own people being in charge of their own country? Just blatant anti-white rhetoric. But I mean, I guess what are you going to expect? Well, what do you expect, right? I mean, it's the Labour Party. It's like their left-wing party. And this is just a talking point on the left wing worldwide. Hate white people and use established white guilt to try to gain political power and bully your opponents. You know, there's another party in Scotland. It's actually the ruling party, the party of uh, Scottish Prime Minister Hamza Yousaf. That's the Scottish National Party. So the Scottish National Party uh, has this for a leader, and he is, in fact, the Scottish Prime Minister. Let's go now to clip number 10. The Lord Justice Clark, white. Every High Court judge, white. The Lord Advocate, white. The Solicitor General, white. The Chief Constable, white. Every Deputy Chief Constable, white. Every Assistant Chief Constable, white. The Head of the Law Society, white. The Head of the Faculty of Advocates, white. Every Prison Governor, white. And not just Justice. The Chief Medical Officer, white. The Chief Nursing Officer, white. The Chief Veterinary Officer, white. The Chief Social Work Advisor, white. Almost every trade union in this country headed by people who are white. In the Scottish Government, every Director General is white. Every chair of every public body is white. Well, the Prime Minister is brown and uh, he sucks. So I don't know. What, what lesson can we take from this? 96% white, folks. Scotland is 96% white. And yet these two leading politicians are brown and seem to hate white people and are up there actively disparaging 96% of the Scottish population. What is wrong with these people? They're sick. They really are sick. And it, really, it's sick that white people put up with this. Honestly, enough. Enough, okay? White people, you need to stand up for yourself. You would never do this. To any, nobody would ever go to India and sit there going, Chief Magistrate, Indian. Uh, police Captain, Indian. Chief Judge, Indian. It's like, yeah, duh, dude, you're in India. What is wrong with you? And, and would the Indians put up with that? Would anybody put up with that? Would anybody any in the, anywhere in the world put up with some foreigner coming to your land and saying they're browbeating you and disparaging you for your race? Even though clearly they have been elevated to the highest position in the country despite not being white. These people are despicable. And uh, if I was Scottish, I'd want this man deported. Oh, you sick of white people? Goodbye. <laughs> like, go away then. Go where there's no white people. Literally 90% of the world. Go there. You come to the less than 10% world population, white people, country, and then you uh, disparage them, not for any reason, but just for being white, just based solely on the immutable aspects of themselves. These people are despicable. No other race would or should put up with this. Neither should the Scottish. The Scottish, of course, have a history of 
conflict with the with the Brits, but they don't quite have the colonial history that a place like Ireland does. And yet, let's go down to clip number 12, shall we? This is the Irish first Indian prime minister, Tusich Leo Vardarkar. Let's watch. Um, one thing I strongly agree with the deputy on is the need to target, set a target to have a, a number of people from ethnic minorities in areas of the public service. We have a health service that's very diverse, although less so as you go up towards the senior positions, uh, not so much in the Gardaí, not so much in the Defence Forces, not so much in the education sector, as the deputy mentioned, not at all in the civil service, which is very white, uh, including the Department of Equality, for example, uh, and that actually needs to change. Um, so we need to have, I think, a target for people who come from ethnic minority backgrounds, uh, but also uh, dedicated recruitment campaigns to encourage people, because we do need uh, a generation of young people growing up in Ireland who are people of colour to see black and brown school principals, judges, King Corla perhaps in the future. Um, who knows? Uh, visibility uh, and opportunity is really important. So clearly a memo went out to the, the brown leaders of the British Isles, because they all say exactly the same thing, only... The Prime Minister of Ireland goes a step farther and isn't just disparaging a white country for having white leadership, but is actively advocating for and proposing legislation to force white people out of the jobs in favor of the vanishingly small minority of brown people. Just advocating for replacement migration and for apartheid-style restrictions of the majority population in the country. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is the Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. A lot of people have asked me, why is InfoWarsStore and InfoWars Life not had a probiotic for more than three years? And the answer is simple. We only bring you the highest quality to lowest prices. We had a top maker, top certified of probiotics for more than seven years. They got bought by a libtard company and said, we're not doing business with you, Mr. Jones, anymore. Finally, we got a probiotic just as good or better with a top lab that loves our show. We're able to private label it under InfoWars MD as our probiotic formula. So you can get a super high quality probiotic for amazing gut health and more at InfoWarsStore.com for 25% off right now. Now, wherever you get your probiotics, it's something everybody should be doing. But I'm asking you to try our probiotic. I think you're going to have an amazing effect and it funds our entire operation. So get your InfoWars MD probiotic today at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a high quality formula and it keeps us on the air. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com forward slash show.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The War Room, Infowars.com. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. We're going to go out to your phone calls this segment. You know, there's other stuff that we could be covering. I have lots of videos of some more Senate hearings that have been taking place in D.C. There's a certain point where I feel like talking about this crap has diminishing returns. Like, do we really need to go to Alejandro Mayorkas being questioned by Rand Paul to understand that 10 million people have crossed over the border in the last two and a half years and that the projection is that by this time next year, by the time the election happens in November of 2024, another 6 million are projected to cross I mean, do we need to listen to the liars, scoundrels, treasonous scumbags that have opened up our border to full-fledged invasion? I, I, like, I don't even want to hear it anymore. And we do have some videos. Border Hawk News published. They captured where uh, a judge said that the Biden administration had to stop cutting the barbed wire that the Texas Border Patrol was putting up so now they're just lifting it they're just picking it up because again like law doesn't matter to these people it doesn't matter what the judge says it doesn't matter what the law says and there's no law that says our border should be open it's never been passed they're just doing it so we just have a treasonous occupied government we are under occupation and the people at the top are invading us with tens of millions Of Africans, uh, you know, amongst other things. And it's just like, it's infuriating, it's annoying. I don't know how many times we have to go through it over and over. It's just a reminder that it's still happening, still nothing is being done to combat it. Infuriating. Beyond infuriating. There are still caravans coming toward us. This is what's happening right now. And look at this, just hordes upon hordes of foreigners making their way to our southern border. While we are actually expected to waste American lives to support the supremacist ethnostate of Israel 5,000 miles away, our government is actively helping the invaders circumvent the border protections that we have in place. This is what you're seeing now from Border Hawk News. An American machine lifting up the barbed wire. Oh, because the judge says we can't cut it, but we can still lift it, even though it said you cannot interfere with the... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to hold them to account. Nobody's going to stop them. We are being conquered outright by largely Zionists in government who are also happen to be in the Israeli government at the same time. Do you know Anthony Blinken is a member of the Israeli cabinet? Do you know that? (sighs) Infuriating. But you know, in the realm of politics, there is one kind of fun story happening. 
Politico has the story. Three expert shoemakers say Ron DeSantis is probably wearing height boosters. They found the three surviving cobblers in America. (laughs) That's what I picture. I picture some guy with like a big mustache and suspenders. It's like the last guy out there cobbling shoes together, getting a call. Sir, we need your expertise. I'm on my way. Yeah, he wears lifts because he's a short dude. That's the uh, full story here. In the past few weeks, posts mocking Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' strangely shaped cowboy boots have racked up millions of views on Twitter and TikTok with online sleuths trying to determine whether he's wearing height-boosting insoles to pump himself up against a six-foot-three primary frontrunner with a penchant for nicknames who is reportedly considering calling Ron DeSantis Tiny D. <laughs> and he was actually confronted about this by uh, Patrick Bet Davis, David, who... Uh, was very friendly about it, but sort of confronted him with this. And all I want to say is it didn't have to be like this, Ron. You didn't have to be humiliated like this. You didn't have to engage in this shameful display of being short. Yes, uh, Ashley St. Clair has been, been a big part of this as well. It didn't have to happen. You could have just tamped down your ambition for uh, just a few years. You could have been an incredibly powerful ally for Donald Trump, and we'd be defending you against, you know, claims that you're wearing, you know, height-boosting boots and stuff. You would have had the Trump army at your back defending you. Instead, we are all laughing at you now. You're falling behind. You're in, like, fifth place at this point. Even the people of Florida are sick that, the governor isn't even governing Florida and said he's prancing around in high heels, looking like a chud. Didn't have to be like this. And it's all for his ambition. It's all completely for his arrogance and ambition because he thought that he could take out Donald Trump. He thought he could skip the line, become president if he would have just taken Trump's offer, been Trump's vice president or a, a Trump surrogate on the campaign. Not only would America be better off as Trump would be even higher in the polls than he is now with somebody as as respected as uh, Ron DeSantis backing him up, but he would have avoided the utter and complete embarrassment his entire campaign has been. I mean, folks, the campaign announcement on X and Spaces was embarrassing enough, and it's only gotten worse since then. It's only gotten worse and worse. And this is this 511 thing. Ah, it's never going to go away. It's never going to. It's going to haunt him for the rest of his political career. Everywhere he'll go, people will be looking at his shoes. So he won't be able to wear his high heels anymore. People will know how short he really is. It's a damn shame. It's a shame, but it's all because of your arrogance and your desire to stab Trump in the back, thinking that. He'd be going to jail, and you'd be able to swoop in and take his spot. And now everybody knows how short you are. <laughs> so at least that's fun. At least that's a fun story. Also, there's like an, another one of these stories, right? Archive locates 82,000 pages of Joe Biden's pseudonym emails, possibly dwarfing Clinton scandal. So, you know, one day we'll have enough. One day we'll have enough evidence 
to actually move on this. I mean, the laptop, the checks, the FBI 1023 forms, the interviews, the confidential human sources saying they have audio recordings, the audio recordings we've heard. Joe Biden announcing this himself at the CFR uh, that he took bribes. One day, this will be enough to actually do something. One day, we'll actually have enough evidence to, to convict and impeach Joe Biden. I guess we're just waiting for it to be so overwhelming that we all drown. I don't know. Where were you when humanity was fighting for its life? Where were you when the globalists were caught trafficking millions of children for sex slavery worldwide? Where were you when the New World Order was starting World War III with Russia? Well, I know where you are. You're watching and listening to InfoWars.com right now, and I salute you and thank you. And I want to encourage all of you who've been in this fight so long to realize we've reached the critical juncture in the battle now. And a key tool in that fight is the Great Awakening, defeating the globalists and launching the next great renaissance. This is my second book, part two of the Great Reset and the War for the World. It's a longer book, a quite frankly, more powerful book. And just like the last book went to number one, it is up to you to send us to number one right now. This is a cultural fight against the globalists, and it funds the InfoWar. Get signed or unsigned copies of The Great Awakening right now at InfoWarStore.com. I want to thank you all for your support. This is a book everybody needs. Get your copy of The Great Awakening right now. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. back the layers of the day's events to reveal the core truth. War Room with Harrison Smith. All right, folks. Welcome back. I meant to go out to uh, phone calls last segment, but I was just having too much fun making fun of Ron DeSantis. Tiny D. Uh, Let's go out to phone calls now, though. Max in Wisconsin is called in about James Biden's island. Oh, no. Good Lord. What does that mean? Thanks for calling in, Max. You're on the air. Hey, Harrison. Uh, happy Halloween. Um, I was wondering if you heard about uh, Water Island that James uh, Biden, Joe Biden's brother, owns and Joe Biden family go to. I, I have heard of it. I know the, the watch the water stuff. Um, I, I saw that. Yeah. What about it? Uh, I don't know. I thought, you know, with all this Biden corruption and money laundering stuff, I thought it was kind of a key element because there was money being passed around. Uh, with that island, and it's like 12 minutes away from Epstein's island, and there's like submarine bases mm-hmm. in the area from World War II and all this weird stuff there. And I, I haven't really heard about it or brought up before. I, I really didn't know that our president has a island in the family right next door to Epstein's own island, you know? So I thought that was pretty wild. Yeah, I'll tell you. the It's mostly the Bahamas, but... All of the island chains in the Caribbean are where the – I mean the Panama Papers revealed this a little bit, but that's where the money laundering takes place. That's where the fortunes are held is in those uh, – like FTX, right, in the, in the Bahamas, the lawsuit going on now with Sam Bankman-Fried. There's a reason they choose these islands because you have a small, somewhat weak government based almost entirely on uh, tourism, and they're perfectly willing to turn the other way, uh, turn – you know, look away while – billionaires uh, hide and, and funnel money through their, uh, you know, use them as tax uh, havens. Yeah, it looks like maybe they sold 
the uh, – it looks like they sold the uh, island. Lobbyists bought tropical, uh, tropical land from Biden's brother. Scott Green, a lobbyist with close ties to Biden, purchased Virgin Island property from James Biden and then extended him a private mortgage. So, yeah, that could be some uh, – this is all back in, in 2020. Fact check. Joe Biden does not own an island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. It's like, yeah, his brother does. So fact check, false. So yeah, Water Island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. They bought it in 2005. Uh, James Biden and his wife, Sarah. The following year, they resold a third of the land for what had been the total cost of the entire property to Scott Green, co-founder of Lafayette Group, a consultancy that works and lobbies with the U.S. government on public safety programs. The land deal was related to Joe's brother, James, not Joe Biden. Politico reported it was unclear if Joe was aware of his brother's sale. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows, right? Who knows? He had never talked to his brother or his son about business. Who knows how many numbers of, of strategies and ways they have to launder money. That is almost certainly one of them. Thank you for the call, Max. Uh, let's go to Paul in Florida. You want to talk about the precedent in history for relentless bombing during warfare. Go ahead. Paul, you're on the air. Yeah, hey, first of all, I just want to say God bless you and God bless everyone at InfoWars and God bless Owen Schroyer uh, Amen. sitting in prison for, for us. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And uh, But, I, you know, I, I believe that uh, the position that um, you have taken is uh, sort of a conscientious objector position on the bombing. Uh, am I wrong about that? I think it's wrong and bad, yeah. Yeah, no, yes. Okay, I understand that. And I I respect you for that. And But I just want to say, I have a couple things I want to say. Operation Meeting House, the incendiary bombing of Tokyo, March 1945. 90 to 100,000 Japanese casualties, mostly civilians. Uh, the bombing of Dresden, Germany, February 13th through the 15th. 1945, 25,000 to 35,000 casualties, mostly women, children, and the elderly. Operation Gomorrah, the incendiary bombing of Hamburg, Germany. Bombing started July 24th, 1943, lasted eight days and seven nights. 37,000 casualties, mostly civilians. The temperature of the fire reached 1,470 degrees Fahrenheit. And created 150 mile per hour winds. I have no idea why I'm getting uh, upset right now, but um, you know, it's just terrible. It's just all so terrible. But uh, there is precedent in that. We need to be strong. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget this. And I'm not going to sit here and and hold a sword for Israel or anything like that. But they are our our ally. Um, oh, well. and they what? <clears throat> what makes what them our ally? Doing? I mean, I mean, what, what, what makes them our ally? I, I mean, as far as I can tell, uh, you know, allyship should go two ways, right? Uh, we aren't their ally. We are, in a lot of ways, their satrapy. We are, in a lot of ways, their lapdog. Uh, in what ways are, are, in what way are we allies with uh, Israel? Other than when Israel causes trouble, we pay the price. That's that's a great point, and you know, honestly, I, I think that we're just on paper alloys, and you know, thank you for bringing up that. Thank you for bringing that up. You know, um, yeah, 
I mean, look, there was a reason that nobody knew about Dresden during the war, right? Nobody in America, nobody in England knew that we had firebombed Dresden in the way that we did until afterwards when uh, David Irving wrote a book about it and revealed it. And when it was revealed, the UK populace was furious at their government that they had done this because it was clearly a crime. There was no strategic value in bombing Dresden. It was purely an act of aggravation and wanton destruction of, you know, an, an ancient civilian city. So, you know, it, it's that's the crazy part is, yes, World War Two was brutal. World War One was brutal. It, it in no way justifies that action now. And back then, countries that did it weren't advertising that they were doing it because they knew how wrong it was. And also, unless I'm mistaken, it was British bombing of civilian centers that inspired Hitler to do the same thing to Britain, and that's when you had the air raids on London and the Battle of Britain in response to the you know, un-strategic un, uh, bombing of civilian centers supposedly to destroy their manufacturing capabilities. Like at least there was some amount of, of justification put forward when they did bomb civilian centers. They said, well, this is the factory that's building the bombs that's going – what they're doing in Gaza is – terror bombing it is a terror campaign and it is a part of a ethnic cleansing operation that israel has long harbored the the will to do they got the excuse on october 7th but they'd always wanted to depopulate gaza and annex it into israel so i get that there are times in history where brutal bombing campaigns have taken place and you could even argue i think wrongly but you could make the argument that it was somehow strategically valid. But what's happening right now is not justified by that and it's not made right because of what's happened in history. In the same way, I mean, it all sort of seems absurd to me, especially as you have the Israeli delegation to the UN putting stars on their, you know, putting the Star of David on their shirt as if what Jewish people went through during World War II somehow justifies a current genocide like it's completely and utterly ridiculous to me i get your point that there's precedent in history but what's happening now is not justified by that and what's happening now isn't even on the same level as that because what's happening now is specifically and overtly designed to destroy an entire population of people to level an entire area so it can be conquered and, and taken over i le- i legitimately don't even know if if the Nazis ever did anything like this. I, I, I don't I don't think they did, honestly. I don't know. Maybe that'd be a good... Maybe I'll do like a, a Twitter poll or something. Who's committed more war crimes, Nazi Germany or Israel? Who's more evil, the Nazi regime or the Likud regime in Israel today? Both carrying out genocide. One worse than the other? Is this a valuable conversation to have? Does it matter where on the spectrum of genocide you lie? Or is it all evil and does it all need to stop? Last year we put this book out. The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of the society we could build.
build together. That's why it's the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. This is next level information, and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself to the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, uh, folks. We'll be joined by Matt Baker in the third hour, still waiting a call from Owen. Hopefully nothing has prevented him from calling in. Whenever that happens, we'll, of course, hand over the, the floor to him for as long as he possibly can. Uh, stay on the line with us. Still lots of more stories uh, to cover here, but I'm going to go out to your phone calls. Just to just give you a taste here. New York Magazine. COVID lockdowns were a giant experiment. It was a failure. Oh, was it really? A key, key lessons of the pandemic. We're all learning this. It was not a failure. It was a complete success. The experiment was, can you control an entire population without ever firing a shot? Can you subdue 300 million Americans with words on a TV screen? The answer was yes. It worked perfectly, worked exactly as designed, drove people mad, killed people. That was the point. Boris Johnson apparently suggested he saw COVID as, quote, nature's way of dealing with old people and was obsessed with them accepting their fate. The inquiry into the pandemic has heard. Like you get when we say we're ruled by psychopaths. We're, we're not just like mad at these people. It's not just like they do something we don't like. And so we're just like, ah, these people are bad. These people are evil. Evil scum. Also, there's a very interesting uh, Time magazine article about Volodymyr Zelensky, who's very mad that nobody cares about his little sideshow anymore. Quotes like this from leaders of Ukraine, quote, people are stealing like there's no tomorrow. 
So yeah, all those bill- hundreds of billions of dollars we've sent to Ukraine, most of it's getting stolen. 59% of Americans don't want Congress to provide more weapons to Kiev, up from 35% in June. Zelensky, uh, Zelensky's close advisor warns, quote, he deludes himself. We're out of options. We're not winning. But try telling him that. Psychopaths, folks. How many lives have to be wasted on this little man's ambition? The toll has long surpassed 100,000 on each side of the war. It's probably close to half a million souls snuffed out in pursuit of this utterly hopeless conflict that we have been against since before it even began because we saw it coming. It has eroded the ranks of Ukraine's armed forces so badly that draft officers have been forced to call up even older personnel, raising the average age of a soldier in Ukraine to around 43 years old. Just sickening. It's honestly sickening. And perhaps the most sickening part is that America holds a a starring role in all of this unrelenting horror. And we aren't even benefiting from it. Like, it's one thing if your country is like killing hundreds of thousands of people through proxies overseas and you're just raking in the wealth and your people are living better than ever, at least then it would be a reason. It would be a selfish and evil reason, yes. But is it not more selfish and evil that we are being drained to fulfill this? That our coffers and our just every our, our economy, just everything is being tanked. Our borders are wide open. American people are more miserable, less prosperous, more divided than ever. And all we had to do to achieve this was kill 200,000 people in a useless, pointless, hopeless war that we started. Sickening. Of course, Putin recognizes this, saying the American-run world is falling to pieces. They don't even have to do anything. They just have to wait. Putin, Xi, there's a reason they aren't frantically attacking us and trying to you know, take advantage of the fact that we have completely emptied our strategic reserve. We've completely emptied our ammo stores as we've sent an irresponsible amount of ammunition to Ukraine and to Israel. We're wide open for attack, but they don't have, why should they attack? They just wait. They, all they have to do is wait, and we are being dragged down by our own leadership who seems to be purposefully tanking America with the plan they'll just escape to somewhere else because they aren't American. Let's go out to your phone calls uh, now. Who's been on? Angelina in Texas. Interesting Hello, call. Go, yeah. Go ahead, Angelina. Hello. You're on the air. Sure. Um, uh, I, uh, I decided to pass uh, the WEF claim of depriving humanity of drinkable water. And uh, here's the process. I've been uh, I've been looking at the oceans uh, for archaeological sites, and then I started getting blacked out by Google. And so I decided to uh, test uh, this theory that uh, maybe the WEF is planning uh, a project seal 
tsunami bomb uh, type of event, which is uh, they'll be on the continental shelf, these explosives or whatever, and uh, they detonate them and they they cause a major flood into the major waterways and tributaries, making the water undrinkable, mm. unfarmable. Okay, and so I went ahead and I tested it. They tested it against uh, on the Pacific coastline for Mexico, and they're there. Uh, they're there big time, uh, the blackouts, and so I've been mapping them out on my Twitter account. And uh, some of these come uh, very dangerously close to these major waterways, and I mean major waterways and environmentally sensitive waterways. Yeah, yeah, I'd like, uh, I'd like to see this. What's your Twitter account, Angelina? Sure, it's uh, Angelina Santiago at A-N-G-E-L-I-N. Four zero five six eight two five one. I did post a little bit of an update of what I'm doing on the Infowars account because I uh, did uh, the the ship the shipping lanes from Canada into the Great Lakes. Yeah, they're there. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you can go ahead and get those in. Uh, you can look at that account. Other people are looking at that account. This is a phenomenon that started since May. I talked with Owen about this. But I did pass that WEF uh, little mark there, and sure enough, the, these things are worldwide. It, these are like containers down at, I, I caught a shot of containers down at the ocean, bottom of the Indian Ocean that were exposed. Mm. They're, they're worldwide. They're all over the world. But I did test the coastlines and the waterways, the major right, we'll, waterways. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look at that. I, I do want to get some other calls, but thank you for, for calling in, and we'll, we'll check out uh, your Twitter there. Thank you very much, Angelina. Let's go now to Cody in Canada. He wants to talk about the war in Israel. Thanks for holding Cody. You're on the air. Hey, thank you, Harrison. It's good to talk to you again. The sword of InfoWars. Hey, God bless InfoWars and the crew, and God bless Owen, God bless Alex. I'm sending prayers for you guys. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just bought the, I purchased $500 worth of product today wow. uh, for Canada, so maybe it's, uh, I don't know what the inflation rates between the states and Canada is these days, but I'm still support in fours 100%. Well, thank you very much. I really, sincerely, thank you so much for that, Cody. I know I speak for myself and the crew uh, when I say thank you for, for your support. We literally could not do it without you. And thank you, too, for actually getting the truth out to the people and having a good uh, talk radio station where people could talk about real issues and get the truth out. You know, God bless you guys. Uh, yeah, I just want to talk about Palestine and uh, Israel. Um, you know, uh, they're just murdering each other, I guess. Um, that's not a good thing. Um, yeah, like, people got to care about human life and life of children and stuff. Um, it's just a big globalist plan. They're trying to reduce the population. They spray chemicals, chem chemtrails on us. They, they poison the water. You know, they they do all kinds of bad, bad things. Uh, illegal immigration, you know, leaving the border wide open for attack. It's all by design, it seems. And uh, people got to uh, come together at the local level. Like, um, it seems like the local level, more people have to stick together and be like, you know what, speak out to the truth to one each other. And like, hey, man, this is what's really going on. Have you seen, have you seen the homeless on the streets? Have you seen the fentanyl? Have you seen the drugs? Have you seen the outbreak of violence and violent people in our country we've got to protect our women and children and that stands up we've got to self-defense is number one but also like you know just defend yourself we've got to be strong people and uh i don't know it's just uh the antichrist it seems like the see the antichrist they try to build a third temple and in the bible it talks about the antichrist is going to sit in the third temple telling everyone the whole world he's god mm -hmm. so yeah it does come from the third temple 
Right. And it, it's the Antichrist. Well, no, I, I totally agree. Thank you so much for your support and your call, Cody. Really do appreciate it. We're going to start the third hour here uh, on the other side. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know why people aren't noticing that everything's worse. Remember, there are elections on November 7th, one week from tomorrow, uh, for things like local school boards. So get involved. Check out your local elections today. By the way, you know they tried to build the third temple. There was an earthquake. It didn't work. God wasn't having Please, it. Please, uh, remember, we are listener-supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs that is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver Bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible, fast-acting nootropic, back in stock, 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. Infowarsstore.com or 888 253 3139. 888 253 3139.